Welcome to Metro 30, the Metro Monthly's weekly conversation with the community. Hi, my name is Maria Elliott, and I'm here today with our guest, Pat Kerrigan, the Executive Director for the Oak Hill Collaborative. The Oak Hill Collaborative is a Youngstown-based nonprofit organization that specializes in incubation services. Pat, can you tell us a little bit about the Oak Hill Collaborative's mission and its goals, please? Well, we are a nonprofit founded on Oak Hill Avenue. It kind of came out of our social action committees and activities at St. Patrick's Church. So to that extent, it's a bit faith-based, although we don't wear our religion on our sleeves. We figure that by the good we do in the community, that we can show our you know, belief in God and belief in a, in a way of life. Uh, we try to help people however we can. And um, we felt that there was a real niche for what we did. At the time, it was doing a lot of neighborhood revitalization, including tearing down buildings and building pocket parts and things like that. As we bought a building and totally renovated with literally hundreds of thousands of dollars of private money, we don't get any government funds for what we do, which is a bad thing, I think, but it's the simple truth. But So we did what we did, and once we had the building, we thought, well, we're going to help people in economic ways. I mean, they have to be able to have a job. They have to have some self-respect. You can clean up the neighborhood, but if people aren't working, it's not going to accomplish much. So we developed a, an incubation process, and we're not a incubation like the big YBI downtown who's got millions and millions of dollars in, in, in money to spend and invest. We're just small time trying to get people off of their kitchen tables and into some sort of a professional or semi-professional environment. And with my background, it's very personal to me because I'm the only full-time employee. But I used to be a lawyer and a you know, well-known in the community, and so I have contacts. So I can help people market their business and bring in experts to, to help. And one of the things that we developed from that was a makerspace, which is a community of people helping other people, and we give them the tools to do that, the machines. And we have a lot of computers. We have 3D printers. We have digital audio recording equipment, things of that nature. So that turned from the more physical aspects, say cutting and 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 and, and uh, sanding and welding and things like that, to um, more of a hacker space where people were really interested and in, they have skills. A lot of YSU students, people with skills in in computers and IT. Well, those people said, "Why don't we try to reach out and help others in the community?" We're going to develop a, a broadband, free broadband we're working on. But we decided that one way that we can do it without big money is to start teaching people how to use their computers. So this morphed into what we call Digital Advantage, which is now our primary program. And, and we started small. Our first endeavor, besides just having hosting capabilities for our small businesses and giving them advice and social media. and We do a lot of that. So we have a lot of classes on social media for small businesses and things like that. But we also started teaching kids. So we have a, what we call a Raspberry Pi build where we 
got a Raspberry Pi, which is a very small computer device, and no programming. There's nothing on it. We got a keyboard and a mouse, the Raspberry Pi monitor, and we teach fourth graders how to build a computer and program it, play a game on it, whatever they want. Well, when they're done with it, we give them the computer. So we have a whole generation of kids out there that their idea of a computer is their mother's cell phone. And now they're seeing there's component parts. They can build it. They can improve on it. They can program it. They can learn about the digital world. Well, to me, this is really a critical part of any digital inclusion program because you have to have the demand. You have to have the skills. You have to have the knowledge of what you're not using right now. And we had talked before that you know it's, it goes hand in hand. I mean, you can talk all about bridging bridging the digital divide by getting faster, cheaper internet, but if people aren't there to take advantage of it, it's not going to work. You can give them computers, but if they don't know how to use them, it's not going to work. Right, and I think that's a really good point. Um, so. Let's go back a little bit here. Um, can you tell me what made you specifically want to tackle this issue of the digital divide? Well, like I said, it just kind of came naturally. I mean, I look for whatever I can do because I'm a pretty much self-funded, um, solitary person. I can go where I think the need is. And we started to do neighborhood beautification. Well, we weren't getting much success with the big foundation. Other people just we're doing some of the things we do and Youngstown is kind of a funny town that you know YBI Youngstown Business Incubator well everybody that talks about incubators they go to that well you got to be a million dollar company highly sophisticated you know they're not helping the average Joe on the street you know so that's why we went to that area same with uh, neighborhood revitalization they won't help our neighborhood because they said we're not sustainable so we moved in and, and did that and then with digital inclusion, I just saw that people weren't weren't doing it. They weren't helping other folks in a substantive way. Someone had to fill that market in a, in a sense, that niche. I had a eureka moment when I had my first Raspberry Pi class, and this was really just a, almost a concession to some of my I call them geeks affectionately, all my geeks that wanted to teach this Raspberry Pi class. First class, we had twelve students. They all had computers. Two of them came to me and said, Mr. Pat, can I leave my computer here? So why? So we don't have internet access at home. My grandmother doesn't have it. My neighbors don't have it. I don't have it. So we can't use that unless we have access. So I started, whoa, you know, how do we how do we remedy that situation? And I found that trying to develop, you know, your own network or lay fiber or Whatever, that's a multi-million dollar approach. Unless you get everybody else on board, it's not happening. So I strove to put together a coalition of people. And it's been hard slogging, but trying to get people to do that. So it just kind of fit of something that I think that is not being addressed sufficiently in the community. And it's something that I have the capabilities of doing. And not me, because I'm not a computer. <laughs> you were in my office and you saw how I struggled. But, I mean, how other people can do that with me and with my support and encouragement. Right. And I think 
working together as a community is obviously a big part of this issue and solving it. So how do you uh, work with others, other organizations in the community to help complete these goals in bridging the divide? Well, one of the prime examples is we got a, they called it a grant, but there wasn't any money, but it was technical assistance to complete a survey about two years ago in the community. And Oak Hill Collaborative got it. And, and I had to bring in people from Port Authority and Eastgate and the public library. You know, other people joined in, the congressman's office, Youngstown City School District, Mahoney County Educational Service Commission, people like that. And we sat and, you know, on a regular basis, we met and talked about new things in the community and issues and, and how we could stay involved. And it's kind of fallen apart because um, nobody seems to be willing to step out of their own comfort area. They do what they do and they don't really do a whole lot more than that. And I'm very disappointed in some of our partners in that respect because I'm the opposite. I mean, I don't need the glory to do it. I don't even have the capability to do it. I need your cooperation. That's the hard, that's the most frustrating part of what I do, is getting other people to say, oh, yeah, let's work on this together. So I have a new partner that I'm excited about, Goodwill Industries. Okay. So I'm real excited about the possibility of working with them. They also have a computer lab, and they also have a mobile van that can teach. You can move from place to place. So I can get the, the teachers, and they have the capacity, and... I mean, I just think that's a it's a it's a marriage and a made in heaven. It's a real collaboration that'll work well for both of us because you know it just strengthens their program and strengthens mine. So uh, we've just been meeting. We haven't done anything yet, but uh, I'm actively working with them, and also with the Academy for Urban Scholars, uh, another new you know partner that's coming on, and their director of IT is on my board. He just got the job, so that's a new opportunity there. So, again, you know, we keep hoping that things will work out. You just keep going and helping, and if they don't come through, you move on to someone else, and that's just kind of the story of of nonprofits. It's a story of you know collaboration or the lack of collaboration in the Mahoney Valley. Yeah, I think it can be tough sometimes to get a lot of other people involved, especially when you're trying to work on a topic, say, like the digital divide. So I know that can be tough. Communities are notorious for being people in their own their own silos, I call it. You know, and I think it's bad here, but it's probably bad everywhere. But Well, can you tell me a little bit about the classes in technology that the collaborative offers? Yeah, and, and we don't have a catalog, you know, like <laughs> you do here at the university or, or even as you would have a at the library where you can know months in advance what we're going to teach. So it kind of develops as we have teachers and as we feel there is a need. But we have taught uh, several classes on social media for small businesses as a primary one. That was one of the first ones that kind of merged my small business incubator with the, the, the digital inclusion part. That, okay, here we'll teach you how to use your you know, your devices better and more efficiently for your business. We also taught um, accounting and QuickBooks for businesses. Well, yeah, QuickBooks is internet-based, 
So, you know, there's a connection there. Um, but we've taught, we teach a class smartphones for seniors. We've taught classes on Bible apps, you know, so you can download, find, study, post Bible quotations. Um, with the Raspberry Pi classes, which is a computer build program for, for, for young kids. Um, we have a digital recording studio that's just up and running that we're going to be teaching classes uh, on video game development. See, video game development. That's a great class for people that have some interest in computers, even if they don't know it. You know, they, right. you, know they're, they're, you ask any computer science major, nine out of ten of them are going to say, the reason I'm in this is because of video games. <laughs> so we're getting kids mainly from the from the hood, people that don't have access maybe, and ah, I can do video games. We teach them how to make their own video game. And then you learn, oh, i got to learn how to program a little bit, or I can get better if I have more skills. So we teach classes. A lot of them are just one-off classes, or you know, we'll have a series of them, but you know, again, it depends on if we get a little bit of money to help with it, or we have a demand, or you know, I often will get a teacher come in. I have a teacher that just retired from AT&T. I'm going to teach smartphones for seniors. And he says, okay, when do you want to do it? And we give them the form. Okay. Um, so you say your your programs change from time to time. There's not a set catalog. Um, so how do you how are you going to decide what your next class is going to be? Who comes up with that? You, whatever you want, whatever <laughs> the public wants, whatever people say, well, I see a need for this. Or from my, my meetings with Goodwill. Goodwill, there's a young woman there, uh, uh, Emily McHenry, who's a very sharp young woman who, you know, she does a lot of their classes and she has great ideas, but she's got her full plate. She's got other things, and yet she's staying late a couple nights a week to teach a, a digital learning class. Well, maybe I can help her with that. Maybe she'll say, well, Pat, I'd like to do this kind of a class. So she'll come up with an idea. Or I just have a new... Um, person who's kind of programming and program uh, development at our place, and she's a master's degree in library science with an emphasis on makerspaces. So she's taught three D printing classes at our place. I mean, and, and robotics for kids, or you know, there's all sorts of programs, there's tutorials out there. And so if she comes up to me and says, "Pat, I'd like to teach this," and I'll say, "Fine, you do it." So can you tell me a little bit about your makerspace that you have at the Collaborative and tell me what, what kind of uh, resources you have there? Sure. Well, that stemmed from a couple of things. One is we were doing the business incubator upstairs. But two, if you saw my building, it has an office upstairs and a whole second floor. The first floor is like industrial size, really high ceilings and concrete walls and floors. And, you know, it's just kind of natural for some sort of a... I don't know, industrial or semi-industrial kind of work. And uh, we decided that, one, the businesses needed help. So we had computers and things like that. But also because of the people that were building the building and renovating it. I had, I had people that would do woodwork, beautiful doors and, and windows that were all old, refurbished, repurposed stuff. And so they started working there. So we, we started with that. Then I had a, my first tenant there was a Christian clothing designer. I mean, they weren't necessarily modest, overly <laughs> modest, modest clothes. They weren't 
if you were designing nuns, you know, habits, but <laughs> they all had had biblical quotes inside that said something, a quote from Scripture. And uh, uh, in the name of it was Jesus Speak. And uh, But she also was teaching industrial clothing design and industrial sewing. and That would be great. Help her teach skills. So that was part of our process. She also was a welder in a previous <laughs> life. She had been a welder, so she was going to teach wow. that. But then as anything happened, she, she had an opportunity. We got her up and running as a business, and she got her stuff together. She spent some time there, and then she had a much better opportunity to go in a better commercial place, and it was in a church. That was a better fit for her, but... Right. She's a graduate, you know, she's one of my children that's grown up. And, um, but, so, you know, that moves. So now we don't do welding because she's not there. Now if someone comes along and says, I can't teach welding or smelting or whatever, yeah, well, we can do that. Yeah. And, uh, and people retire and they move on, they get sick, they die. You know, so we've gotten fewer the woodworking people and we started to get more into the hacker space again. So we have, a, we have one room that... We have six 3D printers that are available to the public. And, um, we want you to know how to use them in these <laughs> tutorials, and we'll watch it there for a little bit. But you know, we let people use that. We have uh, 15 computers that uh, a lab there that people can use either for classes or for their own personal use. Um, we have some web hosting um, sites available. We actually have a robotics maker space, but that's we're going to start teaching classes out of that, but that's more, it's more artificial intelligence. It's not battle bots. It's, you know, the people that are doing it have written a dozen books. And they're actually affiliated with the university. They just retired from the computer uh, IT department, and, and they were programmers. And, and uh, But that's what they do. So, I mean, that's a, just a community thing. They're going to be they're devising robots to, film and, and, and test and map out the lakes and rivers around here. So they go to Milkwood Park and see what's down there in the lakes and test it, see what the you know, sediment is, what's the pollution factor, things like that. And uh, so, you know, again, they came to me with an idea. I wouldn't go in there, but, <laughs> you know, they were helpful in a lot of ways and sounded cool. It doesn't cost me a lot of money. I get a little bit of space and they do their thing. Yeah. So how does somebody come about getting to use that space? When can they use it? What's the time frame? And do they have to sign time off to use the maker space? Or could they come in any time of day? You'll probably have to let me know. <laughs> <laughs> because, I, you know, we are, I'm here now. So who's going to be there to let someone in? You right. Know? And, and uh, we don't, usually don't have enough conflict because we have six printers you know so you don't have to really sign them up but you know we're at 507 Oak Hill which is right above going up the hill above the county um, office building there the old south side hospital and um, you know stop in uh, my number you know is 330-518-5884 best way to guess me I guess is oakhillcollaborative at gmail.com which is an email that I get but if you contact me at oakhillcollaborative at gmail.com, I'll respond and we can, 
introduce each other and you can come by and see what we have and see what your skills are and see what you need. And see, a lot of people don't know. See, that's the, the first step is this is unusual. There's nobody else out there like this. So you may be saying, oh, I'd like to do that, but how do I get started? And uh, I don't know enough or, you know, uh, and I don't want to go there and embarrass myself or be too much of a hassle. And you got to come and, 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 impose upon me, you know, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. easy enough, you know, I mean, I want to, I want to accommodate. Well, I think it's important to have those kind of resources available. And like you're saying, not a lot of other people around here have those. So I think maybe a lot of people don't know how to get access to those right, things. Right. I agree with you. I agree with you. I want to, I don't know how much time we have. I'm going to double back to how this all really fits into digital inclusion. Here's my theory. Uh, I've talked with plenty of people that are service providers, and as I've explained, they aren't going to invest in cheaper, better, more expensive equipment, fiber lines, and all that, unless people are going to use it. So the problem in Youngstown is not that we don't have access, because in the city of Youngstown, every person has access to 100 megabytes per second download speed. Which is phenomenal, really. I mean, the the you know Federal Communications Commission says that you know twenty five megabytes is high speed. We got access to a hundred, but it costs sixty bucks. Well, if you have a need for it, sixty bucks is nothing. You know, I mean, that's a dinner between you and your your boyfriend or whatever. I mean, but if you don't know what you don't know, if you don't know how it can impact your life. You'll spend your 60 bucks on something else. And you know, but you'll still spend 10, 20, 30 on what you do have, and you can upgrade real easily and you, you don't take advantage of it. So I want to teach people how to use computers. I want to ha- and I want to just not teach them how to use Word, <laughs> you know, or, or things like that. We're very boring. We've tried that. Nobody comes. You know? <laughs> and 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 I want them to learn how to build video games, build your own computer, do social media. Bible apps, those are all things that people, there's a hook there that people say, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden, maybe they'll start to realize, well, you know, yeah, I can use my computer for more things. You start talking to other people. Part of it's a community. I want 15, 20 people in my office talking about using computers, using their smartphones, using their whatever. And then you build a a groundswell and you get the word out. And that's how you really bridge the digital divide. Yeah. So looking to the future here, what is... Oak Hill doing to try to close this gap? I know you spoke a little bit about uh, improving broadband access in the area. How is your plan uh, working for that? That's a, that's slow. That's a hard <laughs> slog. You know, I mean, we had some guys who were very serious, and two of them, and one of them left town, and and uh, and so the other one is he actually teaches at the university. We have a lot of university connections here. And he's an adjunct faculty member in the computer science IT department. We got a full-time job as a programmer for the university. So now that free time that he had doesn't have it anymore. So he's not as nearly as engaged. But my idea is to do a, a wireless mesh network where you would have hotspots spread all over a neighborhood, say from downtown up the south side, get certain locations to relay the, the information. You can do it fairly cheaply. But you have to have some organization. And I don't want to get in the business of running a network 
That's why I'd be free. So if it doesn't work, you can't compound it on my door and say, I paid for service and give it back to me. <laughs> on, you know, last night when it's 12 degrees and snowing. Yeah. Because yeah. that's when it goes out. <laughs> it doesn't go out when it's a beautiful day. You know, it goes out when you don't want to be out there. And so those are logistics. And again, I, if I'm the only person here and I got volunteers or people that, Highly skilled people, and I'm paying 15 bucks an hour. That's way underpriced in terms of their talent. I mean, I get meetings in my office sometimes, and I calculated one time that I had a bunch of serious, serious computer people. And you know, as consultants, their their hourly fee was two thousand dollars, twenty two hundred dollars, and they were just doing it for free, and they're just kicking ideas around. I'm like, how do you do that if you? don't have some commitment of people to your community. And they're committed to the Oak Hill Collaborative Community and the Digital Advantage Program, which is great. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're doing a lot of really interesting things. And uh, do you have... I want to be more than interesting. I want to be productive. But, yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, that as well. So uh, do you have any new technology-related programs planned for the future? Or does that go back to... You have to see who's going to come to you with the ideas. Right, they're going to come to me with the ideas. <laughs> okay. It sounds like you have a lot of good people uh, working in this. Right, exactly. Good people so. that, and I mean, and you may be a convert, right? <laughs> and are some people that are listening to this program say, well, you know, digital divide is important. Yeah. I mean, and, and I extend that to, to you and to your friends and to your classmates to I'm research at our place. You know, I'm looking for interns that want to work on the digital divide. That's a good point. I am looking for an intern that wants to work on the digital divide. And that would make my team complete. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe somebody out there will listen to this and they'll come give you a call. <laughs> and I'm going, matter of fact, from here to a meeting of uh, interns uh, at YSU. Uh, Trying to find an intern for that very point on the digital divide. So maybe I can come talk to your class and look at them in the eye. <laughs> All right. Well, I really appreciate you uh, coming to talk to us today. So thank you for joining us and uh, talking with us a little bit about the OCO Collaborative and the digital divide. Well, thank you. You got me excited, too. <laughs> Metro 30 is produced in collaboration with the Youngstown Radio Reading Service. Visit metromonthly.net for news, features, and the Valley's most complete calendar of events. And be sure to subscribe to the Metro 30 podcast.